Recording in progress. I fucking hate that thing. <laughs> we're back, and we're with a special guest. What's going well, on? I feel like, well, actually I'm outnumbered now. I'm like fully outnumbered, but I've <laughs> done this to myself because yeah, I actually invited him on the show. So now the, the they have like almost the whole wolf packs on this freaking show at this point. Um, is it our podcast or is it your podcast? <laughs> yeah, is this actually? <laughs> I, I, I am the captain now. Not a question out of everyone. So is it even my podcast? I really don't even know at this point. May as well just get my graphic designer just to make a Miller Elite podcast like logo and just be like, hey, Steven, make us a logo for this. <laughs> I like him. I like it. I like it. No, nah, we are. We might have to talk further about this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we're uh, we're here. With the boys, the fat boys. Well, there's actually two of us that are that are skinny boys, and then there's two, and then there's one that just can't stop eating down here. So, <laughs> <laughs> he's actually being a fat boy. Um, Tyler, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on here, man. It's awesome. I've been listening to these every time you guys throw them out Monday for cardio, first thing in the morning. So probably hey, so the, re- the, question to tomorrow's. the question is, are you going to listen to it tomorrow? That's exactly what I was going to say. I was like, I probably don't want to hear my annoying voice tomorrow morning while I'm going through the cardio. But yeah, I've really enjoyed them. And it's an honor to be on here, man. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I figured, you know, we've been getting closer through this process um, as we've both been dieting. Obviously, yours is a lot more aggressive than mine is. Um, But each their own. But we but we kind of have been able to get closer to this. And I thought a good be a good time to have you have you on chat a little bit enjoy the time with the boys um so i guess we'll let him we'll let him kick it off man how's your week been i mean you've had a pretty interesting week so yeah it's been really good man so we've been pushing pretty hard here um i guess i'm three and a half weeks out here um and yeah we've been pushing food really low like my low days were around 1800 calories we have the one higher quad day a week and then a moderate day for push pull um, cardio is pretty high, 650. Um, I just crunched that out in the mornings fasted on the stair mill there. And then we've been seeing ever since, um, I had some prep athletes there last weekend, um, doing the show after that, my weight's been dropping very consistently in like one to two pounds a day. So Braden decided to do a little refeed this weekend. We started pretty aggressively like 180 grams carbs woke up the next morning down another pound and a half went pretty aggressive the next day woke up again this morning down another 0.6 pounds so we went really hard today for the quad day and then we'll reassess from there but definitely starting to see some fullness in my physique a little bit so we we haven't really ever seen me really get that flat I think we kind of found it so it's kind of nice to kind of see my physique come to life here, but definitely got some more digging to do. So we'll be pushing hard here and staying hungry, but yeah, things are rolling good for my prep and pretty pumped to see the uh, end look here. We're getting close to the finish line. Now I guess we'll bring it down to coach B. Yeah, no, my week was good. It's, uh, it's been interesting with Tyler's prep. I'll just, I'll just piggyback off that conversation. It's been interesting for sure. Cause like you said, um, <clears throat> he has, he has a lot of, uh, dense muscle in some areas, right. Especially being a guy that's always been a really strong presser. He's had really dominant arms and stuff like that. So those muscles just seem to really never flatten out. Um, and I didn't know if they even really could get like 
super flat to the point that we notice them flat. Like they're, everybody's flat looks different, right? And some people's flat is a fuller flat. And, and that is the case with Tyler for the most part. But finally, we kind of got them to a spot where I was like, okay, now like this is flat. There's just no really pop to anything. Um, and it's good to see because especially as we do have to push and in when we are really making that final push, whether that's before Vancouver, before TNT, if we have to bring them back to here, whatever that looks like, I know what flat looks like now, right? It's tough to kind of gauge when you've taken an athlete to that point of them being flat, if they've never actually been there. Um, and I've mentioned this before. I think we talked about this maybe on the last podcast or whatever, but Tyler's physique is at the point now where he's, he's well beyond where he's ever been before. Like this is all brand new to his physique and his, his physiology. And then the body starts going, what the fuck, what the fuck. Right. So it starts fighting you harder and harder as soon as you get, deeper and deeper past that body fat set point and uh you, we just kind of have to find ways to continue to adapt and i mean it's not always just drive food down drive food down right like i guarantee you if i was to probably have dropped tyler's food instead of feeding him in the past few days cortisol probably would have went up and the overall stress in the body would have went up and the look might have actually got worse from from the the stress and we wouldn't have probably seen the drops that we did um, but yeah, it's just, it's paying attention to things and just learning his body. I'm still learning his body right now. Right. And it's, it's a cool thing because in the future I'll know it even more. And I say that to all of my athletes, like once I've, once we've done this process and every time we go through this process, I learn your body more and more. And I like to, I like to think I'm somebody who pays attention to this stuff and can use this stuff for data in the future. Um, so yeah, I'm just excited, man. Obviously this is our first kick at the can together, but at the end of the day, we've been working on this for quite a long time now. And now we're just kind of starting to see the fruits of our labor come to come to life. And uh, at the end of the day, I mean, we're the best he's ever been hands down, but I know we're not just going for the best he's ever been. We're, we're going for the throat, right? So that's what we're shooting for right now. And I know there's, there's a lot more to bring in. I mean, I, there's shape coming in in his glutes and stuff, but there's still some body fat to pull off. So we can't just feed him, feed him, feed him, right? Like it's going to be, I'm going to be putting him back in the trenches, whether that's tomorrow or whatever, I'll see where he's, where he's sitting um, in the next couple of days, but everything's good, man. I mean, other athletes are, are moving along really well. I had a bit of a scare last weekend um, with one of our athletes who's, who's doing the same shows as Tyler, but uh, some positive turns this week and we're going to keep things trucking along. He's looking really good. All my other athletes competing here right away are looking really good. We got Pat kind of heading into Peak Week for Toronto now, flying out on Thursday for that. So we just hit a new low. He, he's lower now than he was leading into Peak Week for Alberta Open. So um, we've tightened him up a little bit again, really flat, but we'll see what happens in the next couple of days there. And then it's just decision-making day by day, right? So I'm, uh, yeah, it was a great week for me. Added a couple of new athletes to the roster as well. And uh, going to get their plans out here in the next couple of days and, do the damn thing. I actually was on another podcast yesterday. Actually, I got invited on. Oh, podcast. you you have betrayed. <laughs> me. I, knew, I knew you were gonna feel like I was cheating on you. But this is not part of our. This is not part of our contract. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was different. It was cool. It was cool. It was uh, a, a buddy of mine who I've met yep. through kind of the CPA and competing here. He's was the MC actually at Alberta Open. Um, had invited me to hop on a podcast. So we ended up chatting for a couple hours there yesterday, which was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, so just getting those opportunities is always nice, right? Cause we like spreading our knowledge and, and being able to sit on different platforms and talk about things. So that was really fun. And we just keep doing the damn thing, man. 
Yeah. Dill, big grandpa. My week was good, man. Um, it was sweet. It was kind of like I was very motivated to come home and I don't rely on <clears throat> external motivation as we tell clients, but it's always nice to piggyback off of it when you got it. So then it's like, you can put some things in motion, set the responsibilities and the habits, and then it, you can continue on even when it gets tough. If you set the fence lines, right. So I kind of really, really got my stuff um, <clears throat> figured out for the next, you know, three, four months for Braden and I to kind of see what we can do with my physique, see how responsive we can make it. And uh, I got a few really, really, really good intakes. Um, that I have to hopefully, you know, end up working with these people. I got a couple competitor intakes, which for me is very, very exciting. Um, and the more exciting thing is I'm almost certain or maybe from the podcast or social media, which is good either way, because I've been trying to obviously work hard at those things because I don't know who they are. And their phone number was somewhere not, not close to where we live. <laughs> it wasn't like Alberta or Manitoba, nothing like that, or Saskatchewan. It was definitely, I think, outside of Canada. So anyway, exciting stuff. And I got the Toronto Pro Show also. I have some uh, meetings there for supplement world stuff. Um, and then also I'll be helping hopefully go through the process with Braden again with Pat's Peak. Man, I what you said is pretty cool. It made me pretty happy just now because you said uh, he's lower when you sent those pics today, you didn't send the weight. And I said, he looks a little tighter than he did going yeah. into the other one. And I was like, Hmm, now you just said that. I was like, yeah, I was right. My eye told me the truth. So that's, that's really fun. Um, so anyway, uh, that, that just made me happy. I'm excited to really go and, and see that. And then Brandy's been sending me pictures every day. She might come in pretty good, man. Her legs came in today, pretty damn good. All of a sudden out of nowhere woke up and huge glute cut and a big line down the hamstring quad did separation. You guys, did you guys pull leg training recently? Yeah, we just did. Uh, we just, that last Tuesday was our last session. So she'll be like almost a week here with no legs. So that's why her legs are starting to stress. Why inflammation. And then um, I had talked to uh, her coach, Allie, and I think Allie was going to give her a little bit of a cardio, um, different cardio, no more hit cardio and stuff. So I think that that was going to be also very helpful. For sure. She's doing an F load of stairs, man. You see her post how many stairs she's doing? Like 651 flights of stairs a day. That's a lot of stairs. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know what that equates to. Like, what is how many flights of stairs are you doing? Probably your- like it's probably like an hour or two of stairs a day at a well, pretty damn good clip. I do 650. An hour, <laughs> an hour to two hours is a very big difference. <laughs> <laughs> I do well, like, 650. Sorry. Depends on how fast you're going. Yeah, right? how many flights is yours? Yeah, so I do 650 cals. It's around 170 flights. Okay. But I'm going like level 12. <laughs> so well, so to just just for reverence, she's doing 600. She's doing 650. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I she, she's going twice as fast. So I think it's about two hours. I actually haven't asked because to be honest, I just don't care. <laughs> it's like if whatever you have to do, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, and like, you know, whatever. So. Yeah. So, well, my week was pretty good. I got the tattoo I've always wanted to get for a long Looks time. Cool. Um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty sick. It's peeling right now though. So it's really fucking itchy. I'm like, fuck me. This Dude, sucks. Can I, can I actually pipe in on that? Yeah. My tattoo artist was not kidding. He told me my, my tattoo would be fully healed in four days. I had no scabbing, no peeling, no itching. Really? Nothing, man. The first tattoo I've ever had that with nothing. I didn't, even, I didn't even put moisture. I didn't even put moisturizer on it today, man. Fuck. I'm fuck. I'm doing it like three times a day right now. I don't know. He just, he has a super light hand and he told me, he was like, my tattoos heal 
very fast, leave this second skin on until Tuesday and you will be healed. And I was like, well, if uh, I, I don't know about tattoos. that, man. I have quite a few tattoos. I've not going to lie. Not going to lie though. My, my, I healed like my back. So healed like in like four days, like it didn't, it didn't peel or anything, but it, but it is lettering and it took the guy like three hours. So, you know, he took his time to actually do things and it wasn't like he was like drilling into me. So maybe that obviously had a thing. This is my first shaded piece though. Yeah. So obviously I knew I was going to peel, but I didn't think it would be this freaking itchy. And I'm just like sitting here. It's like it's brutal, man, dude. It's fucking all it's fucking awful right now, but I'm glad I have it. Um, it was you honestly, gotta really- this. you gotta do this. Not itch it. You just gotta pat it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. You just gotta pat it. Um, no, that was pretty good. So that was like a nice four and a half hours of my Wednesday. Um, that I got to sit there, which was actually really beneficial for me because I basically almost took a nap like three times during that whole thing. <laughs> and so, so I was anabolic as fuck during that. That's why I dropped two pounds between that that day and the and the next day. I was like, ah, that's definitely why. Um, I uh, signed a signed a few athletes this week too as well. Um, definitely some that want to compete in the future, which is pretty cool. Um, I still got space for more too, which is nice, but I've talked with Dylan about this and I really think it's kind of just been the past few weeks and we've discussed this over things that have just been changing. And it's just like, everything's just completely changed about the way I coach, the way I do things. It's just like, I'm on a straight line and it seems like everyone else on my team right now, I got rid of all the stragglers. And everyone else on my team is going this way and it's only this way. And this is the first weekend in a very long time where I've been really charged up to do every person's check-in like, yeah. and, and you probably know that feeling when you, when you get a good roster of a lot of good people and you're just sitting there and you're like, everybody fucking progressed. Yeah. And I'm just like, fuck. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm really, I'm really happy with where I'm at. I'm really happy with the people I'm adding. Um, I'm really happy with the direction that Dylan gave me in terms of things, because he's probably been the person that's challenged me the most to kind of change my direction in terms of these things. Um, I had a few, had a few personal things I needed to take care of in terms of like, I was complaining a lot about the simplest things like my training partner and just from like the diet and things like that, even though it's not even bad, it was just like, I was, I was being a bitch basically. And he kind of called me out and I had to do some internalizations with some things. And so the past few days have been really, really good. And obviously it's kind of shown how my physique's starting to turn out. Um, I'm pretty happy to keep sharing photos every single day post fasted cardio because I fucking love doing that posing at that time. Um, things are looking good. I feel tight. I'm, I'm slowly starting to see my legs start to come in, which is finally a freaking blessing and a half because they just don't feel like ever coming in. And, uh, Overall, man, I'm just had, I probably had the best week in a long time. And right. so I'm really happy with how things are going. I'm really happy with where we're at. I'm really happy with the group of people I'm surrounded with in terms of you guys. So it's, I'm on a good roll and I'm just going to keep the roll. So somebody at strength's coming, man, we're, we're growing and we're heading in the right direction exactly where I need to be. Um, I'm doing a cool, I am doing a cool protocol. Dylan kind of got a little bit of a hint at what I'm doing. I'm doing a more flush protocol for one of my clients. So this should be a really interesting, this should be a really interesting protocol that I'm going to be doing. I'm legitimately going to sh shut them down and bring them back up to life in a matter of two days. 
and it's going to be a full month flush protocol. It should be pretty cool. We're going to start with two days of fasting and supplementation. And Do it. We talked about this. Yeah, it's going to be. Well, no, this is a different person. So I'm running. I'm running fasting with two guys. I'm running fasting with the guy. He agreed to do the fasting. So we're going to see. He's running it on Sunday. So on Sunday night, I'll let you guys know how he's. I'll let you guys know how he's feeling. Like tonight or next Sunday? Next Sunday. Okay. I couldn't get him. He he had a he had a six month anniversary or a year anniversary with his girlfriend dinner, and I was like, oh, I'm not going to make you run that. I'm not going to make you run the full fasting day on that day. Um, so. So I told him, uh, we'll do it next weekend. We'll do it next weekend. We'll really see. He was very cautious about it at first, but I told him I trusted him and I want to see what type of bodybuilder he can be. So forcing him to do a full day of not eating whatsoever is going to be pretty interesting. Um, so I got him, but then I got another flush protocol. So I'll discuss that in our chat probably this week with you guys, kind of see so I can show you guys what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. Because um, Austin helped me set it up the other day. So I think it's a pretty cool it's gonna be a pretty cool uh, ride for this for this hormonal case that I'm working on. Um, so, boys, first up, he's got the good questions. Braden, you go. You got the most questions. Fucking fucking hit him. Hit All right. Uh, let's see what we got here. What's a good one? Okay. So, who wants to answer this one? So, I have a. I know the age of this. Whoa. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Uh, So I know the age of this person, so I'll just include that because it wasn't mentioned in this question. But what are the repercussions of kids my age using PEDs? It's like a good half of the boys my age. And this was from a female. She is 16 years old. Well, I think in I think in like at least (laughs) at least can I can I give it in more simplified terms here? Yeah, let's yeah. just say your brain's not fully developed. So let's just say that's obviously going to have a huge effect on you. Um, female at 16, you look at what, what most other coaches do outside of us. Um, and the good coaches is you're going to look at some virilization, which you definitely would not want at 16 um, at all. That would probably be the last thing you want. Um, your hormones aren't even regulated at 16. So you're fucking with your endocrine system already at that age without really knowing kind of how to handle your body, kind of how to handle symptoms, whether it's your cycle or anything, you could possibly even be on hormonal birth control, which would honestly just make it even worse. Um, in my opinion. Um, and I just think I, I, those are the big reasons I that's see. A, it's just, you mean, man. it's like psychologically, you just don't need to go flipping those switches. Like you said, the chemical system is not at all intact and I mean, yeah, it's, I, I wouldn't personally look at that. Well, and here's, here's a very basic, obvious one. Your hormones will never be as peaked as when they are, as when you're going through puberty and these things. Eat and train, learn how to train. Yeah. Like spend more, there's no, there's no way in fucking hell that you've been consistently executing things over and over and over again when you're 16 years old. Furthermore, you haven't even finished fucking grade 12 science and you don't, you, I guarantee you don't understand anything about a single compound that you're putting in your body. If I asked you about DECA or asked you about NPP or, or test any of them, you don't, aren't, aren't going to understand what they are or what they do. You haven't even finished grade 12 science. So like, hey, you just haven't accumulated quite enough time. 
I think there's a lot of value to actually understanding what you're putting in your body before you put something in your body. And that goes into any age, but now you're talking about somebody who already is, like you said, very underage in, in terms of should ever even consider using PEDs. Fuck, you should be at least, maybe if you're 16 and you want to use PEDs, go balls to the wall in terms of being 100% with your diet and training for the next four years. Now, then consider it, because by the time you're 20, you'll probably have a pretty nasty physique if you have decent genetics. If, if I could ask you guys, what advantage do you guys think you would get at 16 by taking PEDs? <laughs> like, and truly, honestly, what advantage, what, what are you getting here? Your recovery capability should be, should be at the best. You get to fucking sleep. Like, to truly be honest, we all know education systems and going to school early isn't like the best for a lot of people, but you get to sleep in. At least I was. I don't know about you guys, but when I was in high school, I was fucking sleeping in like 10, 11 hours on the fucking weekend. Like I was like, I was getting I was doing that on weekdays. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I don't know about the, I, that's the least stressed I was ever in my life. If you cannot make gains just from diet and eating. You need to get You need to sign up. I'd rather you pay the money and pay and pay a coach at 16. As much as we don't like to take on under 18ers, I'd rather you see uh, one of us undersee your stuff than and even try to dabble in PDs. Well, dude, you know what? You know what's so cool, and I've talked to you guys about this before. So, like the individual, and we won't dwindle on this question for too long. But like the individual who asked that question is one of my clients, and she is 16, and she has a very promising physique to compete in bikini. And I had this conversation with her about PEDs and everything, and just basically telling her like, "Hey, when you see these girls who are 30 years old competing in the Olympia, like they're they're not natural and you can't go that route you have a lot of things to learn before then you're still very young etc cetera, etc cetera. but fact of the matter is she's 16 she pays for a coach by herself it's not super cheap to work with me no nope. and i don't have anybody of that age working with me but she foots the bill herself because that's how much she cares about this she buys her groceries she has everything she needs to do works to make that happen right which that's super commendable and like she's doing things the right way. And that's one of the reasons I was not hesitant to bring her on as an athlete. Cause it's like, if you're willing to do all this stuff right now, I want to be the guy to work with you. Cause I want to teach you the right way. Cause there are people you could end up in the wrong hands of somebody and they'll see the potential you have. And, and they might turn that switch way too early just because they see what you could be. Right. And like, there's also a lot of people who probably would do things the right way, but it's, it's honestly even bad that I have those thoughts because it's scary. There's so many poor coaches out there now that I can probably name a handful of people that I know personally probably would take these an individual like this on or even like a 16 year old male and see genetic potential and be like let's milk this out now right which is scary that's really scary yep I well mean, and at the end of the day is simple enough is you're 16 years old um this decision is gonna impact your life significantly and if you uh, think about how many other dumb decisions you make when you're 16 years old yeah. do you really want to alter the course of your life and then even from an adherence standpoint taking steroids even if it's just orals and stuff it's a not overly complicated but like you don't remember to make your bed half the time when you're 16 and do all this stuff are you gonna be able to follow a proper protocol right like it's the, just the other thing too tyler you just gave me an idea which is maybe the most prevalent point um uh i almost do none of the things that i really did at 16 and most people are that way so that means you should really take your time and understand that you're you know because i i have seen this before too and i mean people are human beings are incredibly 
durable creatures so like your life's not over but i've seen lots lots of people kind of get poached out like what Braden said more so males than females get put on gear very young and kind of have a lot of problems and then by the time they're 20 or 21 they already don't like they're done with it it's like they're going to school now and their life is like moving on and it was like this past hobby and it's like geez for these little past hobbies i don't think you know like you should be considering even doing peds when you don't know if it's going to be like i'm all in i'll ride this bitch till the elbow can't work anymore so my ankle stops bending which is probably shorter than i would like but i'm gonna <laughs> give it a big, big ride so you know like i i'm kind of all into this i've been doing it for a decade i know where the, this is i'm i can't stop myself from this you know it would only be if i could not and i think that when you're young it's easy to get passionate about something for short time and I don't mean short as in a year because that's you know that can be short depending on how you're looking at it but you know until you've done something for like five years straight it's you're not really sure yet so just take your time it's all fun and games when you're 16 years old and you have a great metabolism too and you can eat 2,000 2,500 calories take some d-ball and some test and all of a sudden you put on 20 pounds and it's like okay, you want to do it right? Well, you have a good metabolism. Here's 6,000 calories and, and drugs. Now try to get that down and have fun doing that. You're going to hate yourself in two weeks. That's not fun. You know what I mean? And that's not a reason why I would say to not do it, but that's the reality of it. Truthfully, yeah. like you can, at that age, I could eat like a horse and I was a bottomless pit. That's what you should be focusing on. Do that. Yeah, eat like eat like four, eat like four to five, eat a free meal a fucking day and just put on, just put on size. Yeah. Like honestly, live your life. Like live your life. If you decide to do PEDs, it's because you're all in and your life revolves around this. Like to truly be honest, like all of us revolve around the sport. As much as we say to have a life outside of it, a lot of our life is made up from dedicating to the sport. And bro, that's such a good point. I made a video of uh hopefully that's done soon. I made a video about this in like 60 to 90 seconds, which was like, hey. I think the pendulum swung too far the other way because I do agree that like when I got into fitness, I think it was a little bit too raw, raw, not logical enough. Anyway, that's a simple enough explanation. And then it swung back to like balances everything. And, and it's almost like pushed everyone's psychology to maybe believe that they're not going to have to really work that hard to have like an incredible physique. And you're going to be very sad if your expectations are to have that physique and you're doing like 30 things in your life, you know, you're going dancing every week and having wine nights and going for dinner. And I'm not shitting on any of those things, but you're going to be sad if you're competing against someone like one of the four of us. And I do like three things. That's it. And like all in, that's it, you know, and two of them take up most of my time. You know, it's like that, that's pretty much it. And I'm happy. The thing is, is I'm not like cynical about that. I pressure is a wonderful gift to me. I like bearing and seeing how much I can handle and and what I can do with myself. It's not like a chore to me. I'm not beating myself up to do it. I do it with a smile on, although I have stresses in my life like everybody else, but you you get the point. It's like, it's, we're telling people that like, it's, it's, I'm done telling people it's really easy because it's not easy. I've tried very hard for a long time and I don't, really have like bad greatest physique you know it's like hey it's difficult you know it's very pretty hard it's pretty hard to get abs i could tell you as someone who's down 25 pounds doing it naturally it's very hard <laughs> it's very hard to get to get abs and to keep it and hey man, even don't with wanna... the sauce it's still tough 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not easy either way. All right. Let's, uh, Dylan. Um, yeah, I, got, I, I have, I, have one. I did. Awesome. Um, I don't actually have a few of these type of clients. It wasn't my client that asked, but it says bikini to wellness, any tips and biggest dominoes to focus <laughs> on trying to move up the division? Train hard. You have to I train have a, harder. I have a, actually a perfect question to piggyback off this right after that as the exact same, um, underlying idea so let's dive into it so wellness for me uh i have probably three or no i have probably five or six actually i have lots of girls that want to do this um but anyway the point that is is i have the meeting big girl food um you know potentially training harder than they ever imagined possible for longer than ever imagined and like i mean unreal type of training i made ashley cry today on the leg press good she told me she hasn't been like that since since going to labor and i mean it like i'm trying to like and women are so tough they can handle such a beating and especially when you're feeding them and they get you get their metabolism their hormones in the right spot it's you know so eating a lot of food and then recovering really well and then kind of putting all that basic i think you, you can kind of go from focusing solely on nutrition and some pump work in bikini for a lot of girls versus like this is now like real training not working out it's very difficult i'm not saying bikini athletes don't train hard because they do and they're very very diligent on a bunch of stuff that's hard and the posing is so painful and there's a lot of hard work that goes into it but training for wellness would be like more like looking at your training watching branch warren and like these crazy bodybuilders training go like oh i gotta get my own version of something like that probably for most people i think can I just try and too? Here's the thing. A lot of girls think they can make that transition from bikini to wellness in six months to even a year. And even if you have this perfect adherence, you're force feeding food, you're destroying these leg days. Still, even then for a lot of girls, you're not even going to be close to making that transition. So you need to realize that that jump for most people is a significant jump and you're going to have to be willing to work and really turn things up a notch for a long period of time without missing variables. Can I can disagreeable Braden shine for a second to uh, some points there. <clears throat> um, I think the, the fallacy of bikini girls not training hard is, is um, I think it's, it's become a social media thing with all the band work and stuff, but some of the best bikini girls in the world, yep train just as hard as some of the best wellness girls in the world. And from my roster and my athletes who have done well in bikini and my athletes who have done well in wellness, um, I personally train my bikini girls like I train my bodybuilders in terms of intensity with sets and stuff. And I'm telling them every time they send me a glute-focused leg press or even if it's a, a you know, or an isol- isolation movement like a glute meat kickback or something, it's like, no, you do that until the wheels fall off and you had about four more reps. And I don't really treat that any different than I would a a bikini girl or wellness girl, in my opinion, both should be training balls to the wall. But for me, the difference comes in programming for one. Um, And it comes in programming from a standpoint of both drugs and training because Mm -hmm. I'll tell you right now, most females, most, and there's some who are very genetically gifted, who just naturally have more dominant adductors, more dominant quad sweeps, 
those kind of things. But again, you are not going to find a good female pro in wellness that is natural. It's also tough to find a good female bikini that's natural, but it's a lot more feasible than you can in wellness. There will not be one in wellness. I'm willing to bet you that some of these best wellness girls in the world that do claim they're natural, Sonny Andrews, I'm talking to you, you're not natural, right? And, and that's just a fact of the matter. So for me personally, just my opinion, I don't think it has to do with training intensity. I think it has to do with genetics a lot more. And are you actually somebody who will fit that division? Because I think a lot of girls think they'll be good in wellness, but they just carry way too much fat on their legs and they've never been truly lean in their life. So that's, that's my opinion on that. But again, and not to throw a wrench in everything, but it's my opinion and you have yours. And... No, well, I kind of agree with you. I guess I just answered it from a different angle because I said this wasn't my client because I also have bikini girls and I train them just the same ideology you do. However, you and I are, unless I'm missing a bunch of your bikini clients, if I go over the top teams in Canada, who actually coaches the bikini clients, which you, me, and Tyler do not, so we're, we're talking about the exceptions, look at any of those training plans. We know the training plans. They're yes. not training like that. So I guess if you go above that, now you're talking about the 1% of the Olympians, maybe I would agree, because I don't know. So I would have to. Well, you got to look at, we got to look at, we got to look at, um, why do some bikini athletes train the way they do, right? If you kind of look at these things, some of them can't unleash the full, can't let go of the reins, right? Braden actually talked about this, I think last week when he talked about dealing with some bikini competitors, sometimes to fit that, to fit that division, they can't train their quads that often not fun it's not fun at all like like you yeah, said it's not fun but if you let those if you let those reins go i bet they will put on a good bit of size now will they fit wellness i think i i'm personally in the boat with brayden where it's not just training i've seen i've seen yurishna in person i've seen her train yeah and it's it's good could be better but her legs are twice or three times the size of mine <laughs> and she's probably I've seen, her back, I've seen her back squatting 315 pounds yeah she she just puts fuck she filled out the pit shark like completely and just went ape shit and i was like okay i was like i'm going home like you could see she wears those crazy outfits you could just see her whole her whole fucking horse leg hey, that's kind of where my that's kind of where my point stands because Exactly. Rosie, the only kind of wellness IFBB pro that I know, like personally face to face, squatted like 225 with squat shoes, like ass to grass, like 12 times. I don't know a bikini girl who can do that with 135. So if you if you're not going to have to train hard to do that, then I'm not sure. Maybe I'm just where I would come in. This is where the disagreement me comes in, because most bikini girls, if they're squatting that heavy, their quads would be too dominant. Right. So. But now I've seen very, say very same thing. Okay, I okay. But I've well, I guess the perfect very, the perfect example is I've my seen client. Very good bikini girls hip thrusting three hundred and sixty five pounds for perfect reps, right? And, and that's that's where okay. So we're looking at one movement where a wellness girl is taking something very intense and doing it very well because it's going to benefit her glutes, quads, and hamstrings. And then we're going over to a bikini division where. We don't want any glutes. We don't want any hamstrings really, or, or any quads that are too dominant. So we're going to talk about 
what movements are they being intent on, right? I think we are talking about the same thing. I guess my, my train of thought is just, and it, it's my well, programming, programming versus intensity. And I guess I'm kind of maybe leaving that out as uh, something that's important because it's okay. So tra- I'll reword training as intense or more, probably more with a different type of programming that's going to have a different bias. Cause to Anthony's point, not, you know, like I could want to be classic physique all I want. Well, a lot of things are going to have to change probably about my bone structure for that to happen. Yeah. So it, I, you know what I mean? Like I, there's no amount of training I can do or like intensity that I can do to change that. I can be having my best physique, but it's wellness. Like you guys said, like they have a certain look, it's, it's kind of an incredible look. I, I, I like the, the vision myself. It's very oh, rare. It's a it's, very it's rare look. Like, it's, it's like, holy man, when you see it in person, you know, you're like, that's really interesting. Like, I haven't really seen these kinds of physiques. Yeah. They're wild. They're wa- like in person. In person, IFBB Pro Wellness Girls. I've seen both Sonny Andrews and Eurasian train in my gym. Fucking wild. Like yeah. a mind blowing. Yeah. By the way, I also, you know, I, I think like, I wasn't shitting on bikini at all. I think bikini is very hard. I think it's one of the hardest divisions. It, you know, like it's very no, hard. I know you weren't shitting on it. I guess sorry. I just thought you were saying more so that in bikini you you don't have to train hard. Is is my no? Opinion. I I maybe and that's what I'm clarifying. That's not really what I intended to say. If it is, I, I kind of meant that so. um, the training programming is going to have to change and the intensity is probably going to have to go up a lot on a lot of muscle groups. Cause you are right. Cause like there are certain things in bikini that they're, they can get very strong on. And yeah. So in all actuality, I think one change your genetics. That's, that's the big answer here. Genetics change, change your parents. (laughs) Well, we can do that. So um, just keep training hard. Honestly, if you don't fit it, you don't fit it. Fucking just train hard. And you know, as much as we, as, as much as us guys want to fit into classic because it's the cool thing to fit into, most of us don't have the structures to fit into classic. So it's yeah, but you still gotta try. But you, guys try, <laughs> but you can try. You can try, but I bet you'll become uh, a body. That may or may not be a subtle hint. But I bet you become a body. I bet you become a bodybuilder in the process. So <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Who's got yeah, the next yeah. one? Uh, Tyler, uh, you got a I question? got one. Hold on, um, hold on, hold on. We were gonna piggyback that off. Oh one yes, yes, yes. We're related to skipping Braden. So I had a question that was, how come bikini competitors can compete in wellness and bikini and win both? Because no one comes in, because no one in wellness comes in shape right now. (laughs) I'm just putting it out. I'm just putting it out there. I don't know what you guys see, but I see all these amateur shows where these girls do not come in shape and they still have a ton of fat on their legs. Yeah, yeah. some of these regional shows just have not good competitors and there's someone that's just really good conditioning and makes everyone else look like garbage and they can win both which i completely disagree with but no one else comes in in shape that's the way it goes yeah that makes sense plus like you said wellness is the newest division to coach to perform and also had time to sort of build physiques across a large area of population etc so it's I think that's why it's just there's not that that's why they're so unique to look at because if you don't see them as often there's a lot less of them i think uh i think it overlaps all of this stuff into into an answer too like if you talk with with judges and you look at actual criteria for the classes right like that's what you're basing off of okay who looks or i should say that's what it should be based off of and they preach it is sometimes it's not 
I've seen it in NPC shows, NCPA shows. Sometimes it goes not necessarily towards who is the ultimate physique talking Olympia level. Are they close to them? But if you have, for instance, a bikini competitor who is crossing over into wellness and she wins both classes, well, at the end of the day, if she was the closest to the look in both classes, because there was a bunch of people who A, had no muscle, B, had no conditioning, and this girl had more muscle and conditioning and she was the closest, well, yeah, she deserves to win. Do I think she'd succeed at the national level? Probably not. She'd probably get absolutely shit on in one class and in another class do a little bit better. And then that's where that individual should go. Or if she prefers to be in one over the other, well, you better change your training like we just talked about to fit yourself to that criteria. If you prefer to be in bikini, but you're winning wellness shows, when you go to the national level, chances are you're going to need to downsize your, downsize your quads. Yep. Awesome. Well, I think we hit that one. So come in shape. That's it. Come in fucking shape. That's, that's the whole purpose. Yeah. <laughs> Always. I have a Wait, no, Tyler, Tyler, the next one. So the question was, how do you socialize on prep? And I can start with this one. Um, So you just got to, I would say, honestly, like at this point for me, and I think I was talking with Braden about this there the other day. Um, That was actually last night. There was a wedding I was supposed to go to. My wife was actually in the bridal party. Um, we decided this about a month ago, but she asked, she's like, yep, I obviously can't sit with you for dinner. I know you're not eating, but like, you'll be at a table. I think there'll be a couple friends that you may know. Like, are you fine with that? Or do you want to just skip the dinner? And so I obviously wasn't thinking, I was like, no, I'm fine with that. But then she told me two days ago, she's like, yeah, so I talked with, um, the bride or whatever, and you don't know anyone at the table. And it's like a very traditional, like Italian wedding. And I was like, I am not going. I was like, I will apologize to her. But I was like, there's no way I can go. Because just like the way my hunger is, my energy. I was like, even going to this ceremony and kind of having to sit by myself in the thing. And just like, it's the kind of wedding where there's there's people I like mutually know. And I know they know me. And they're going to come up and just ask how I'm doing. And I'm at a point where I'm just like, I don't want to waste any energy trying to talk to these people. I'm like, I do not want to sit at this ceremony, sorry, at the dinner and then have to explain to all these random strangers why I can't eat and then get mad at me. So I was (laughs) like, no. So I just didn't even go to that. But I would say other stuff, like it was my uh, dad's birthday there the other night. You're going to find people in your life that obviously lots of people don't understand it, but there's going to be people that support you and love you no matter what. And like my family, they understand Like we, I haven't partaken in a family dinner where I've ate with them. It's honestly been like probably since Christmas. It actually has been since Christmas with my family, but they know like I'm going to be there. I'm going to be present right now. I still get Diet Cokes. So I'll crack Diet Coke with them (laughs) or just have a water. And you know, at the end of the day, it is tough and our society is very food focused, but it's not about the food. I'm there to celebrate my dad's birthday. My dad doesn't care if I have a piece of cake or not he just wants me there celebrating right and yeah energy is lower but you can choose to be an angry dickhead and yeah sometimes I choose to do that but with my family I try not to and try to just enjoy that time with them but definitely the deeper you get into prep you're going to find that more of that social stuff especially if you're getting to the conditioning you should be getting to to be stage ready 
you're not going to want to go out and party. You're not going to want to go out and do that stuff. And if you do, bodybuilding is probably not for you. I would, I would also like to say, I think, I think a lot of people have like an aspect of what does socializing actually mean? Like for a lot of us now, a lot of us on things like we talk all the time, right? Yeah, like it, I would consider socializing. I enjoy I would, it. I would consider this socializing. Like I would consider something like like talking on Instagram. So it's like there's ways to work around it to yeah. kind of stay like in your bubble without a, expending a great yeah. amount of energy, right? And I think also we find that I mean all of us kind of run fitness pages, right? Like so it's so it's like we're all we all have followers and we all have friends on Instagram that we could talk to all the time. At least I do. Yeah. Um, and that kind of helps me get through some of my days, right? Like that help, like, like I'm like, oh, some of my nights, like, obviously I think, I think this is a big thing and, and I'm not even talking about just prep here. Um, Tyler and I are both 24, right? Like if we're looking at regular society as we're looking at regular society, we should be fucking out there getting fucking wild, drinking oh, yeah. every fucking yeah. getting, getting blasted. Yeah. But we, but we choose to partake in a sport that requires 100% all-in effort, right? So I think just finding other ways to kind of socialize and making your circle also within this allows you to kind of have that go-to to kind of hang out with friends. Like for me right now, while I'm in my diet phase, I still have, I have two friends. I have my training partner and I have another friend that goes to the gym with us. Hey, she invites us over her house. She has a few dogs right now. So that obviously helps with me a little bit. It kind of just cheers me up. Um, but it's never about food because honestly, everyone's just like meal one, meal two, whatever their meals are. And it's just, we sit at the fire in her backyard or we light or we sit at the table. I smoke up a cigar for now. And it's just like, we just talk about life. Like I'll do the same thing as Tyler. I'll have like a Diet Coke or something and I'll wait for my next meal. And then it will just be, that'll be that for the night. Right. So I think fine. I think a few things you could do is find, find a few friends on Instagram that could definitely help you out in case you want to like FaceTime things, because I think those help a lot. Um, find a good group of friends that are close to you that you can actually go see and hang out with and they're into the sport or they know the sport a little bit that allow you to kind of just, Hey, vent a little bit or talk through things. Um, and that allow you to hang out and get kind of distracted for a few hours. Um, I think those are two big things that have kind of helped me during the last, definitely the last five months, even though it's not particularly a prep, it's still my first ever time, like actually doing a fat loss phase in general and doing it the right way. And so being able to work through some of those things and being able to talk through it with people who have been through it kind of helps. Well, no, honestly, realistically, I say that too, but in my off season, I'm doing, I'm doing the exact same thing, (laughs) right? Like, yeah, maybe the odd birthday, or if it's a wedding, maybe I'll hit up Braden and be like, hey, man, can I dabble in this meal? But I'm still doing the exact same stuff I'm doing, right? And I think that there's a valid point in that, and this is the only thing I'll add to that. When you do have maybe a slight bit more freedom, I'm not saying you should have all this freedom during your offseason, because if you want to improve, that's a very important time. But rather than just going to McDonald's, and we've talked about this on a different podcast, I think, but rather than just going to McDonald's for your cheat meal after a workout and grabbing your three burgers and, and large fries and a, and a diet Coke. How about you talk to your, your social circle? If that's your significant other, if that's your friend group and, and plan something and actually cherish that time with them, the times that you can make it valuable so that, okay. Cause there will come a point in time where this actually, I can't do this. 
for a while because I am all in. And well, I mean, if you're, if you're somebody who's not all in, then yeah, sure. If you're six weeks out, go have that meal and take a bite of that person's food or whatever, but you're never going to be good at what you're trying to do. It's really interesting. You just gave me a thought and I'm not sure about this. So what do you think about this? It seems like a lot of the people who are concerned with their social life in prep are also the most selfish when they have the most free time with said time. Yeah. Am I out to lunch on that? We're like, for instance, and I'll I'll provide an example. Um, Someone is very upset all the time that they don't have this said social time in a prep that they voluntarily entered. And then when they have this off season time, it's like if someone asked them to go for dinner, it's like they're very food or like controlling. Like, no, I want to go to this place because I get one cheat meal and blah, blah. And it's like, well, now it's not about the experience or the social time. That's a disordered pattern that needs to look in. Those are two different things. And I think that's pretty common. You're right, for sure. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people take that take that into account, right? Obviously, I had free meals over the over my off season. Everyone knows that we went into that in think Fat Boys episode, <laughs> in Fat Boys episode one. <laughs> I was pounding five guys every leg day, um, but it was just like I kind of wish I kind of went out with friends a little bit more during that, rather than obviously sometimes it didn't plan out because my leg days we would end at like seven thirty, eight o'clock at night, and obviously you got to find not too many things are open on a weekday that late sometimes or it's hard to get friends to go out that late on things but on weekends it would be go over a friend's place even if it just means bringing my meal and kind of doing things that way but obviously I kind of wish I kind of tagged some friends to go with me to somewhere and actually get some good food rather than just stick my face in a double bacon cheeseburger (laughs) I think think it comes down to to a really simple statement and if you want to be a good bodybuilder and you want to have a social life and stuff there's a time to be selfless and there's a time to be selfish, right? And that time to be selfish is going to be when, when you're in that prep mode and that time to be selfless is give back to your social circle so that they can tolerate you when it's time to be selfish. And if you can find that balance and you can do that, you will be successful in this as long as you can keep that gas pedal down. Right. Awesome. I just want the listeners to know quick. I also am a fat boy and you may (laughs) sound like I'm hardcore, but I definitely, may or may not have been looking up restaurants before this of places I want to take Jill after Vancouver. I used to have to put the brakes on Tyler with his cheat meals. He was such a fat boy. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can pack down food. Wait, wait, we, wait, we got to get this story out because everybody's, we, we've all shared a really fat boy story on this. What's the, what's the best cheat meal you've had? In terms of best, it's the biggest one that you've had. The biggest, I'm trying to think. There was one. Oh, yeah. It was probably one of the, I'm trying to think how long of a stint it was. It was probably, because I like started with Brayden. We were making good progress and he was letting me have, I would say it was pretty much weekly. Yeah. And then there was a point where um, I, I went camping with some friends or whatnot. I, I told him like we did some drinking, I had some smokies or whatever. And then um, I like told him, I was like, Hey man, what do I need to do to like, like I want to go pro what I need to do. And then we just came to the agreement. It was like, okay, well, if you don't like no cheat meals, it's not the worst thing, but it's holding you back. So I think it was like a three month stint just in the off season where it was like no cheat meals, follow the plan. And then we were visiting 
um, my wife's sister in Calgary and um, we hadn't seen her for a while or whatever. So I think I asked them, I was like, Hey man, can I have one? And you're like, yeah, man, like you've been foot on the gas, like enjoy yourself, have one. And I had like, my mind was just like racing. I was like planning, I was like, what are we going to eat? Blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, okay, we'll, we'll go to cactus club. Like they have their happy hour and I'll just get like a, a burger or something. And then we'll like find like a nice dessert. And I just been like craving cheesecake. And then it, this was like when I started not started, but it was like, I think Nick Walker, I just got his pro card or something. And it was like the videos of like cheesecake factory. And <laughs> so there's not, I don't think there's any cheesecake factories in Canada. There, there might think, be. Uh, yeah. Oh. I don't think there is maybe in Toronto. I can't remember. Yeah. But so there, there's these things in Calgary, they're called like ghost kitchens and they'll bring like uh random stuff like Krispy Kreme donuts and like cheesecake factory cheesecake. And so we were like driving to Calgary, Jill's driving. I'm literally on skip the dishes trying to find like the best dessert item. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, they have like, like Nick Walker, like cheesecake factory. Like <laughs> and I was like to Jill, I was like, what flavor should we get? Like how many pieces should we get? And so I picked out four pieces of cheesecake. So I'm like, Oh, I'll have like two. And maybe like they'll split one because Jill's sister's friends were there or whatever. And they also, there was a donut place we went to. They picked out 12 donuts. So we go to Cactus Club. I eat like an appetizer of like wings, garlic fries. I eat a double burger. And then I'm pretty sure I finished Jill's like wrap or something and fries. And I'm like stuffed, but I'm like, oh, we got these donuts, the cheesecakes coming. And so they're like kind of sitting there watching this movie, like literally disgusted by me. I'm just like breathing heavy. I'm like into the third piece of cheesecake. And then they bring out the donuts and I'm like, I haven't got food in forever. I got to try these donuts. So I had like three donuts and I'm pretty sure when I checked in with Braden, it was like plus like six pounds of water. And I was like honest with him, but he's like, dude, maybe just keep it to like one piece of cheesecake next time. <laughs> maybe keep it to like two hey, rolls. Let's, say, let's just say I wasn't super, super happy, but it is yeah. what it is. <laughs> Braden's reaction, Braden's just so pissed. Like <laughs> It was it was pretty happy though. I mean, he definitely well, looks like a there was, actually, there, was, there was a lot of learning points there, right? Like when Tyler does have some stuff like that, his water retention is mad. Like he just blows up. So we knew, and that's another reason why when we got further and further along, it was like, ah, maybe we should just like really dial back your cheat meals a little bit, have a steak and, and a potato or something and have a free meal, but let's rope it in a bit more. And I mean, here he is getting field now. So that's, <laughs> that's fat boy. That's fat boy status right there. It sucks. Even, I, I'm yeah. in the same boat. I can't do that either. If I eat a bunch of shit, fuck. I, can eat so much. I can't I, tell I, you the last, I can't tell you the last time I did that, man. I can't tell you the last time I ate like just a bunch, like maybe Christmas. You're not a fat boy. Yeah, yeah. true. Like I have a switch. I have a switch, that? man. And it's labeled fat boy on or off. And if I yeah. fucking flick that thing on, hey, you guys can man, see. Uh, I dream of doing all you can eat sushi with you. We got to do it just one day. No, Brain's going to get I'm kicked out man, again. I'm not the man I used to be, but I could probably put some serious sushi back. Uh, no, we'll, we'll, we'll I feel so bad order. if the restaurant came with all three of us doing that. That's a terrible thing. Wait, my fat boy status has been put into question here. Number one, in high school, I had like a whole pizza every single weekend. <laughs> so, one every day oh yeah but no you're you're not making your case here man i, I could eat an extra i used to eat an extra large pizza literally every time I had, like, a cheat meal, like it was going out of style 
Yeah, I a junior hockey player. He'd eat a full pizza with a dip in. And 40 years <laughs> on the side. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe when I get a little bit bigger, maybe when I got to go past 200 pounds, maybe then, you know, I haven't reached the past 200. I hit 199.2. I never got to 200. So maybe going past 200, I might need, I might need a few extra add-ons to my, to my free meals. Cause I got a feeling they're going to be pretty, they're going to be pretty large. I might try the Mark free meal, the fucking McDonald's free meal that he does. Yeah, he loves his McDonald's, eh? Yeah, dude, he loves. Dude, I love to get him on the podcast and get him talking about food. I want to. <laughs> Whenever you oh, make the to Canada, we'll all have to do a a big leg day and then see how many pieces of sushi we can slam down or something. Let that let that cortisol come down, and I will be hungry. Man, I've only ever done seven. I done seven rolls in one go. What is so, that? 40, how many? Are eight, six or eight? Six. Forty-two pieces. Yeah. That's I'm a child. bitch. That's yeah, I know it's I know it's child's play compared to your fat boy story. Yeah, I know it's child's play. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got a question. I was thinking about here. This is how deep I am into the diet today. Eat my cream of rice, and I I, I want to try in the off season. Even though Braden will say you're a fucking idiot. How much dry weight of cream of rice do you think one person could eat in a setting? Uh, Sorry, not a setting in a meal. That was worded dumb. In terms of like, in terms of like one meal. Yeah, so like how much dry weight cream or ice do you think you could eat at once? 200 oh, grams. I have no idea. I've eaten I've eaten 225 grams in the city. Fucking A. Like how hard was it? Actually not that hard because it was when I was loading for nationals in 2017 and I hadn't eaten in 18 hours. Oh, and it was you, uh, like, I had to make I had to make weight and I had to make 198 and I weighed in at 198.0 and I had X amount of time to load and I literally made it was fucked up, man. And it was, I, and I ate again after that within two hours. And again, after that, within two hours, it was wild. Um, I if you see what the size of bowl, that cream of rice looked like. Oh, dude. Was it like up. a bowl like this big, bro? Huge. It's fucked up, man. <laughs> how'd you, how'd you cook it? How the fuck did you cook it? With yeah, how much that water thing? did you put in? Was it I have still? no idea, man. That was five years ago, so I, but it was, uh, it was orange box stuff too. Yeah. Gross. Oh, it was the good, yeah, the goods, horrible. the fucking goods. No, I'm going to say I could do if I like, like didn't eat, if I had a small meal and like destroyed legs and I had the la uh, lava cake, I bet you I could do half a kilo. I would probably puke, but I could do 500 grams of it. That's a fucking, <laughs> uh, mm, I'm going to question that 500 fucking dry weight. We're talking about dry weight. Oh yeah. I yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think I could do four or five hundred because that's I, a fucking that's an ice cream bucket. That's an ice cream tub. Full it, would, it, it, it wouldn't just be like, OK, eat this. It would have to be like set up. So um, like, can I take I'm crushing legs? Um, taking a little bit of time going for a walk and then that's the perfect temperature. Little pink Himalayan sea salt. No, I was about to say, I was about to say yeah. how much I was about to say, am I taking uh 20, 30, 30 IUs of insulin with this meal? Like, <laughs> yeah. where's, where's, our carbs, where's our carbs? To, where's our protocol. carbs to insulin here? Are we at like 20 to one or we had we had 10 to one? Yeah. And you that's, see that's... me at 280 in the off season. That's going to be my leg day diet. <laughs> yeah, I, I can like, honestly, even thinking about over 200 grams right now, I don't think I could do it. I've eaten like, I was eating 150 before, not too long ago, actually. And 
that's a lot, but I could never train after anything like that. Like I would be so bloated. The highest I got up to in my off season, I was eating 600 grams of carbs a day. I think the highest I got up to was like a hundred grams. Oh, that's. Oof. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I had more than that today, bro. Yeah, <laughs> twice. <laughs> you want to know why I'm small? This is why I'm small. Okay, I can only put down so much food. All right, it was four thousand yeah. calories a day. Yeah. I tried to do my best. These questions. Yeah, um, I got a good one. Um, actually, I don't know. This might be too long, so we'll decide this here. Um, how to properly set up first cycle, first exposure. Tread. <laughs> No, what not, uh, what not to do. So first of all, get your blood work done. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then it all kind of depends on where you're at, where your goals are. Right. Like if your goal is to be an open bodybuilder, um, obviously you're going to want to put on tissue, but I would say stick to one compound, keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate things and get the most out of the least. Obviously I would recommend starting with the test space and not, you really don't need to go any further than that. I would say run it for not as long as possible, but there's all these misconceptions that you need to set fixed timeframes, whether that's, oh, you do 500 for 12 weeks, which I think 500 is way too much for an first exposure, but it all depends on what your goals are and just mitigating side effects, getting the most out of the least. I'm going to go too deep into it, obviously. I, I think uh, I, I'll piggyback off that too. I think the, and this is again, what I do personally and people can do other different things. I'll take somebody into a, a physiological range first and see how they are be, being exposed to an injectable, right? Um, a lot of times I'll actually expose them to something that's not an anabolic first, that's an injectable, just to see that they actually can frequently do it, right? Like an injectable carnitine, for instance. If you're getting sick and tired of pins, injecting carnitine in you well <laughs> you're going to have a really miserable rest of your life bodybuilding because it, yep. you're going to be pinning a lot right especially when you start using short ester compounds and stuff and whatever right so there's just you need to first expose somebody to that aspect because there is such thing as injection fatigue and i mean if you're halfway through your, your first cycle and you're just so exhausted from pinning yourself and you hate it and you don't want to do it anymore well what the hell was the point of even starting doing it <laughs> So for, for me, I, I very firmly believe in doing that first a lot of the time. And then I definitely believe in kind of exposing somebody in a physiological range and see what you get out of that. Because if somebody's T levels are normal and you take them into a physiological range of injectable, it might bring them up to the top end of normal, right? And they're going to have a little bit of benefit there. And then you, you just kind of can slowly titrate over a long time period based on what you're seeing. And I know some people have intermittent periods that they'll pre-plan out when they're going to bump dosages. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, and I do things a little bit different. I base it on the physique in front of me. I base it on the, what I'm seeing happen. And I roughly have an idea in my head of, of when I want to drive progressions within the cycle. And then again, once you get later on into the cycle, you have to make decisions. Okay. What kind of athlete is this? Is this somebody who's going to benefit more from a a compound that aromatizes a little bit more. So um, an estrogenic compound like your NPPs or, or those kind of things, or are they going to do better with a DHT? Do they already aromatize highly, right? But I think turning those knobs slowly over a long period of time is a much, much better, safer way to go about it than 
again, planning a 12 week cycle, like Tyler said, at, at 500 milligrams a week, because you do the math there. Well, what's, what's 12 times five, right? You multiply that you're looking at X amount of milligrams across 12 weeks. I guarantee you, we could get a lot more out of a cycle running that cycle for six months and having a total peak dosage less than that. And a total exposure less than that. Yeah. I, I also agree. Um, I like to do it the way Braden does it. Um, but I like to do it. I also like to get blood work. I think you need to get blood work before you even go on the tier before you even go on the physiological dose. And then I think how I, my first cycle and for someone is by looking at what happens when they are on TRT, because then you really get to see how well they start to aromatize and this will decide, Hey, how long are we probably going to be able to go with just testosterone based? And then when will we might, when I kind of can kind of see things, I like to get blood work more often during that first exposure. Cause I like to just see how they're aromatizing more. And then we're like, look, and we follow the estrogen and then we look at, see if they're getting symptoms and start to get symptoms. Then it's like, okay, where do we go? Um, but if you already know that someone aromatizes heavily, then you're like, okay, maybe it would be best if we don't go as high on the testosterone base and maybe we add in a DHT, like a Masteron or a Primo um, at a lower dosage compared to the testosterone enough to kind of bring that, bring that ratio over to the androgenic side a little bit more. But obviously I think having a time limit is pretty stupid now. I think the science has been out there over what, over what it is. Um, there's been Victor Black, John Jewett, all these guys have kind of talked about first exposure and how long you can actually go and how long you can roughly go. And I mean, guys, if you do it right, can roughly go, they can go a year if they really want it. If you, if you actually take it pretty good, right? And you can grow pretty well from that. It just depends on what the tolerance of the person is too. Um, that fully comes down to it. So I think you, you need blood work, number one. Before you even, before you even think about things, understand the price of health supplements. Um, and I'm just giving that as a thing of you got to prep for your first cycle. Your health supplements are going to be pretty pricey. I can yeah, tell you that. It will cost you more than your cycle, 100%. A lot more. Ripped off. And, and just be prepared to and just know what you're getting into, but start low. You don't need to just go fucking blasting, blasting because some pro said to do that. Get a coach that's actually educated. Get a coach that's actually educated on doing this, and we'll take you through it, and we'll make that decision for you when to bump dosages, when to make certain moves with these things, when to pull back and go into health phases. Because I think I it's think, very important to have a second second eye on this, and not just do it yourself. I think the prerequisites for a first exposure also are just as important. Yes. Um, in terms of like, you should not be going into a first exposure with high levels of body fat. You're setting yourself up for higher robotization. You're setting yourself up for, um, you probably won't see the, the body change as much, right? And then you're going to be inclined to want to push dosages higher. So there's a lot of things that are, are need to be in order first and foremost. Um, so I think that's one of them. You should put yourself into the best place to get a high response. I usually like to diet people down before a first exposure. Um, or even you can do things like pull their food back as you put them into an exposure because there's going to be an offset between the androgens and the um, surplus or whatever, right? And you can actually recomp them during that type thing. But making sure somebody's sensitive enough to actually get a good response from it and you to be able to assess what's happening there. And then obviously the, the obvious prerequisite of 
you better be somebody who's followed a plan and worked your ass off for X amount of time before you even think about a first exposure. Always a year. I say always a year. Honestly, I say if you can't follow a plan for a year, it's fuck no. Nope. Mm -mm. I say share your worth. Share your worth to the coach that you actually, this is something that I hold true to myself and I'm pretty sure Tyler probably, I mean, well, Tyler may have made some mistakes, but but, um, but we've all made mistakes with things is earn, earn it, right? I think this is something that is not, should not just be given, even depending on your goal. I think it's something this is earned. Yep. And especially when you work with a good coach, they'll tell you that right away, whether they think you earn the right to actually be able to use this properly. Yep. Did you guys listen to that John Jewett and Luke Miller? They just posted a video and it was like they had three pros send them their cycles from like pretty top level coaches. They wouldn't say who it was, but like some of these cycles and it was like the one guys was like a men's physique one. It was like four grams. It was like two grams of test, a gram of trend, just like a fuck ton of orals. And it's just like some of this stuff out there and like good name coaches. They said that coach had guys at last year's Olympia just like absolutely reckless. Could you imagine running two grams of fucking test (laughs) as a men's physique athlete? Nothing against men's physique athletes, but (laughs) well, yeah. Tyler's first day on the podcast, just throwing shots. (laughs) No, but it'd be like Ian, I'm gonna (laughs) that's wild. That's I want to see that now just because uh, maybe I it's good. It's like a 30 minute video. It's it's crazy though. Awesome. That's wild. All right, what else we got? Yeah, anybody got some good questions? Um, I, I have a good one here. Um, how do you know when a physique is flat versus just needs more muscle? I, Tyler, well, Tyler, can we just throw Tyler's picks up and just be like, this is full. I need more muscle? <laughs> Who's, uh, who wants to take that one? Um, I, I honestly he, probably don't he, know. I honestly, so I'm not going to take this one. You're not going to be a shot at it anyway. I think it's for me, uh, it's more so just explaining it, right? Because Braden and I were talking about this. It's like how to put it into English linguistics that makes sense. Like, I, I feel like I do have a pretty good eye, but like, I don't really know how it got there per se, to be honest. We were just talking about this before we before we hit record, we were talking about one of the athletes, Braden speaking. But I feel like you can just see that the muscle bellies are not like quite tied up against the skin. If they're really flat, everything has like this washed look. And until you, I think it's a reverse engineered process that I've seen so many like hard, dense physiques up close. And then you see ones that are the similar in size, but don't have those pops to the muscles and, and, and the bellies. And then I think you can just kind of disassociate the two. However, I think if you're questioning that you need more muscle, you probably do. You know, like, I say there's no pop. That's how I typically explain it. Um, you can actually see it fairly well. We can actually use, if you're on the YouTube, we could probably actually use the man who's in prep, who is pretty flat. As an example, we can go look at his page if we really wanted to. Um, but you can kind of tell when shoulders aren't really popping too much, when you kind of notice the roundness is kind of gone in the shoulders. Um, when you notice the chest stays just so like it doesn't have that. I know this is kind of, it's kind of hard to say because you want to use the words flat and full but it yeah. doesn't have that roundness per se. Like, especially when someone's flexing it, you just don't, you just don't see that, that little extra little bit. Um, you may see more definition if something's flat, but you're obviously won't have, it's not pushing the skin. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's, what fullness, like- that's what fullness is. So if we, we can probably use an example if people on YouTube want it. Um, if yeah, I, think, I think there's uh like, I think there's a distinct difference between both of them, but I also think you can have not enough muscle and be flat. And yeah, have, of course. That's what that, it's all, you know what? It's almost like saying, well, if you have too much muscle, can you be full? Like, of course, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, sorry, caveat, there's no such thing as too much muscle, but um, that being said, it's, uh, it, it does take, it does take a trained eye for sure to notice it. But at the same time, like, I mean, I, I looked at the person who sent this question and I'm not sure if she maybe has clients she's referring about or herself. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, if you're a bikini girl and you're walking around saying left, right and center, you're flat, you're flat, you're flat. Well, chances are, you're not going to have a raging full look ever. Anyways, you don't want a raging full look, right? Like there's, there's really boundaries to it. And just because you're a little bit depleted or you're in a diet phase and you're, you're dieting down, doesn't really mean you're flat. A lot of the times you're not going to see that you're truly flat until you're actually in condition to see that you're actually flat. And then you'll know because it'll look like two different physiques. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you're flat and you're two weeks out, it might make you look like you're six weeks out and it might make you look a lot softer than you are. All of a sudden you get yourself full and you look one week out because you're hard, dense, the muscle is pushing against the skin. So I don't think it's a, it's not a simple answer in terms of here's how you determine the difference. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely something where you need a trained eye and you need to actually be able to see it over time. Just like we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, I didn't know what Tyler's flat looked like because we had never pushed Tyler flat. I had seen pictures of him of his prep before and he just wasn't in shape. It's not that he wasn't flat. It's not that he was flat. He just wasn't in shape. Right. And as soon as you see somebody who, okay, they're full, they're full, they're getting leaner, they're full, they're getting leaner. Okay, we're, we're seeing something here, what's happening here. Oh, wow, we, we're like, we look almost kind of small here, but you didn't evaporate 12 pounds of tissue in a span of a week and a half. So what's going on? Oh, let's feed you. Oh, there we are. Now you're full, right? And you do that over and over and over again, you just develop an eye for it, I think at that, at that point. But yeah, that's, that's my take on it. I don't think there's a hard line to say, whether you need more muscle or you're just flat. And I think Dylan had a really, really good point. If you're questioning whether you need more muscle or if you're flat, chances are you might be flat, but you definitely probably need more muscle too, because if you're flat, you still definitely show that you have a good amount of muscle. It's not like muscle, just you look at somebody and you're like, holy, they're just a skinny kid. Well, no, they're flat with a lot of muscle. Well, that's what, yeah, we even saw with myself, right? Yeah. Like it's still see i want to use the word full but there's like <laughs> muscle there but then like, like today after the third day of refeed i'm in the gym and i'm like okay that's what fullness looks like again yeah right? uh, well, just maybe like shrink wrapped bellies sticking out of your biceps your shoulders that tight kind of again i want to use the word full i think it's and because of the your right? Like there's a feeling to flat too, when yeah, you, yeah. you can't sustain a pump mm-hmm. and yeah, it's really hard. Yeah. It's really hard to drive that blood into the tissue and get it to stay there. That's just like your, your glycogen depleted and you're flat. You can feel it too. When you pose, I don't know about you guys, but Oh yeah. hundred percent. Like, like if, this? probably not. No, oh, no. Click on but your clock. Like, okay. Can you see yeah. that? 
Yeah, that's, yeah. So that's that was me before we did the refeed. I would say I felt flat there. I could not get a pump. That's flat. Your this, chest, you could tell by your chest. And then this was <laughs> after a day of refeed. So yeah. like, can you guys see the difference? Yeah. 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 So like that shrink wrapped kind of look, obviously a lot more detail. And I would <laughs> still argue, I would still argue that's still pretty flat. <laughs> yeah, there's, there is there is a difference there. But it's getting fuller. But I still yeah, think yeah, that you can sure. feel it. You'll know. You'll know when you try to pose. Yeah, yeah. Felt sure. it kind of like once or twice before, and you feel it like in your arms or something like that. Like you. That's can't something feel. I actually use with my athletes when I'm loading them. I make them pose, and I, I talk to them about how the poses are feeling. Can like, you can actually? Because it's really hard to feel yourself contract when you have very very low muscle glycogen. And it just feels like it's like flubbery and rubbery. Yes, and like, yeah. Like, can you feel, can you feel your bicep just fucking just boom, like right away? Like if you can feel that you're good, but if yeah. you, but if you can't feel like, I noticed some days when I posed for Mark's check-ins like before and I would be, and I wouldn't be able to get that pop. And it's like, ah, I know exactly why it's cause I need some food in me. <laughs> it's probably cause my beach is in a good range and I probably need some food. Um, and so that's really I feel like, like you said, it's really kind of just a trained, it's a trained thing to kind of learn. And it comes yeah, with unless both. Unless you're a very muscular individual, just go with the fact that you need more muscle. Yeah. And lots of people throw these terms around having no clue what they're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Rather be, rather be flat than fat. Yeah. So, but rather be a fat you boy. Get, you have to get flat to lose the fat. Rather be a fat boy, though. Would much rather be a fat boy. But. Especially than a flat boy. <laughs> right, got, can we stop. do one more what do you guys want one more yeah i got some if anybody else has some someone ask away right away coach b coach b All right um let's see here what did we already answer you just crush hey. berries all day or what <laughs> this guy says he's dieting i hop on he's crushing blueberries and i was crushing a thing of raspberries well i forgot to go grocery shopping for before meal one so I had to had to have my berries a little bit before bed. I'll, I'll let you guys choose which question of these of these ones that we use. I am dieting. Go fuck. Go fuck off. <laughs> all right. All right. No, I, I'm kidding. You sent me those photos. We're both right on track. Okay, so you guys can pick which one of these we answer. Mm-hmm. A. How to increase insulin sensitivity and insulin production in the pancreas. Cool. Or B. Tips for flying to a show. Hmm. That's tips for flying new show yeah, yeah that that one that one's i feel like we 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 did an episode it's on that one's a podcast we did an episode me and don already did an episode on insulin sensitivity go check it out i was it's just gonna say, I, that was my thoughts like if we want to actually talk about increasing insulin sensitivity and production of the pancreas we could talk about that for three hours and we're doing yeah. more questions so that should be a that should be a pod that should be a podcast so thank you to whoever did that maybe we'll do another podcast good question yes very good question. To all right let's do tips for flying to a show uh fly early three yeah. days like three days early <laughs> like because a lot of some people some people retain water well even for me doing that how many weeks ago was that it was like four weeks ago I went to Hawaii for two weeks on prep and I like after that flight, I retained like six pounds of water and the water would not come off. Like it literally took till I was back home 
for that water to come off. And I mean, it was kind of sick because I looked like full blown as a house on this trip. But there's, there's, <laughs> other, there's other reasons for that, like we talked about too, right? And this is something that actually stems into this conversation because people do fly to like Vegas and stuff for shows. And it's like, okay, you've been in a place where it's, it's minus five or it's plus 10. And all of a sudden you're flying to somewhere where it's plus 30, it's humid, it's hot. And you're going to go sit by the pool because you're there for a week and you have your show next Saturday, you flew in on Monday and you're going to sit by the pool all day to get some color. Well, that is potentially going to cause some sort of inflammation mm-hmm. and you're going to hold some water because the heat itself is, is a stressor on the body, right? Um, if you burn a stressor on the body and like in Tyler's case, that's what him and I talked about, right? Like he was in the sun all day, every day, very high activity compared to what he was used to. It's very hot and humid. You know what I mean? So his sodium levels weren't changing. It was the same, but all this inflammation comes in and well, now he's, he's very, very watery. So there's, uh, I think a big one for me, if tips for flying to a show, you better understand your body well enough or your coach better understand your body well enough. And the way water manipulations and sodium manipulations work for you in order to make that happen. Right. Because there's things you can do. Like we know that for every, we know that if you pull carbs a little bit, usually you're going to not hold as much water. So that's, that's what some people do. And, and they're just going to not have carbs on the, when they fly and that works. But I mean, if you're loading and you're in the middle of a loading phase, can you do that? Well, some people probably could, some people probably not. Do you manipulate sodium? If you know in an athlete that you've tried manipulating sodium before and you've seen a drier look when you've manipulated it or you've played with potassium, well, now these are things you can do when you fly right? To, to kind of change that balance and, and flushing. I think a really, really key point here, continue to force your body to flush. So you better drive more water in than you've been having. You're not just going to suddenly hold on to all of this water if you're continually forcing your body to flush water, right? So I think that's a, a big one is learning your body, understanding your body first and foremost. Obviously, you're not just going to go for a mock flight somewhere if you've never flown, <laughs> but at least you can understand that there's changes in elevation, understanding where you're, because that's another thing, like Tyler said, it's not just the flying that does things. When you travel across the country or you travel across the world to do something, you're, there's a drastic change in environment, whether that's elevation, you know what I mean? There's to- so many variables that come into that, that could have an effect on your look. Agreed. So one, uh, the term for that, I think, would be like something like environmental hormesis, which you're changing the entire structure yes. of how close you are to the sun's rays, as you mentioned, which is very stressful. Um, I have an unconventional tip that probably no one uh, is going to do because it'd be very difficult, depending if your flight's in the afternoon. But as someone who is obsessed with being lean all the time for a very long time and was competing and flying a lot, um, I think that if you know that your body's going to put on some water, don't eat a damn thing until you're on the other side of wherever you're going. Just water is your diet. And honestly, every time I eat and I fly, my physique looks like a bag of melted dicks to the point where I even right now will almost fast before every flight if I can, if it's realistic, because not to some crazy extreme, but, uh, that's what's worked for me. And I have like no data on that at all. And obviously I don't, I haven't even told anyone to do that because I just, there's not, I haven't had enough opportunities to even try it, but it works for me. I think also getting up off your seat is also going to help big time. I think a lot of people, and where do people mostly retain water? 
And why do we, why do we have people kind of have their legs elevated throughout the whole time, right? Is they hold a lot of inflammation right in the water or in their legs. So it's like, Hey, get up a few times. If you have to take a few steps when you're on the plane, as much as it might be really awkward to kind of do that, that we're, we're fucking bodybuilding for Christ's sakes. There's nothing more awkward than stepping on a, stepping on a stage in a fucking banana hammock. <laughs> fucking, like, it's going to be the least embarrassing thing you're going to do is actually fucking getting up. Any, off your seat. If you're driving up your water intake. There's a perfect reason. You're probably going to have to piss four or five times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you that. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I think overall, and then flying. There's, 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 there's also like small things you can do, right? Like, and I'm not saying everybody go do this, but you can drive in super physiological levels of vitamin C to help flush. You can use asparagus as your vegetable as a natural flush. You can use dandelion root as a natural flush. You can use extra magnesium as a natural flush. There's a lot of things you can do if you're flying for a show. Do you want to change a ton of variables four days out? Probably not. So do your best to manage that. And your coach should have a plan for you to help with that water retention because there's a lot of other things you can do. Um, I've heard of people taking diuretics before flights, and I would highly, highly, highly not recommend that. So that take that for what it is. But yeah. Uh, so obviously, I think the biggest thing overall is get to the show early. <laughs> Don't fly in the day before the show. Let's here's just another, say that. Here's another really, really good one that that's getting get in shape. If you're if you're peeled, if you're peeled, like if you're actually peeled. And you fly into a show, you're not going to look like a water buffalo when you get off the plane. I promise you that much. If you've kept your variables pretty similar, even if you didn't pull out any carbs or you didn't fast or you didn't change your sodium and you kept your water intake the same, if you're actually peeled, like you're in good ass shape, you might have a little water retention. But if you're there four days before, that water will come off. Go get a workout in when you get there. Do a little, get some extra steps when you get there. Do things to flush that water out. You're going to be fine. I, I do have one last thing to add that we didn't touch on at all. And Brandon and I should have thought of this because this is us. If you're disagreeable in trait, uh, you know, let's say leaning like Brayden and I, I think most people that also hold water when they're flying, and I could see Tyler fitting in this basket specifically with flying, we probably get way too stressed out because someone's oh, always guess. telling you what to do. And you sit here and your bag's getting checked now. Like every time, when I go to the airport, every time I say a little prayer that I don't go to jail. I'm not joking, you guys. I'm not joking. <laughs> to me, they're the most stressful places on the entire planet. It's people just telling you nonsense things that don't make any sense. You have to listen. Uh-huh. They're the people. Well, we get into my experiences flying with WestJet during COVID. Yeah, I know. So anyway, the point is, you like don't be a stressed out human being. And when you're in prep and you're very worried about how you're going to look, and if you're worried oh, yeah. about the flying is going to affect you, away. that's Jesus. That's that's going to hold the water just in itself. And the flying could be the placebo. You could have just done it to yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah. I uh, I was going to Texas in January, and I packed like all my supplements and everything, and I did it on carry on because I was like, "Fuck this shit. I'm not even deal with check bag." I was like, I don't want to be this one time. I don't want to be this one time. I'm going to deal with a fucking check bag and it's not going to show up. It's like, I'm not dealing with that shit. I was like, I'll take my chances at the security and I know they're going to check my fucking protein powder and I'll just fucking deal with it. And so they, they look at my thing and they're like, 
the fuck does this guy have in his damn bag? <laughs> like it was like it was all my pills, was like all my morphogen supplements and everything, all labeled and everything. Damn. And I'm, they're like, they're like, oh, well, we're definitely not checking. They looked at my bag and they just rolled their eyes at me. And they were checking all these supplements, but we're gonna at least gonna check the protein powder. And I was like, ah, oh, it's just protein powder and amino acids. And I'm like, oh yeah, it actually is. And I was like, I'm be fucking wouldn't be bringing it on the plane as. Uh, I'm going to be trying to bring on fucking cocaine on a fucking plane. Let's just say that. I was like, I'm a bodybuilder. Do you see my bag? There's literally two chicken and rice meals in my bag. Like, like could it get many more bodybuilding than that? Absolutely Man, not. I'm getting stressed thinking about flying right now because, and this is actually a fact that we're just telling stories. I can't tell you the last time that I haven't been patted down in an airport going through security. Me well, well, now you got a neck tattoo. Now it's gonna be worse. My wife can attest to that, and it drives her nuts. Like we'll go to Mexico, and all of a sudden my bag's getting searched, and I'm getting patted down. Dude. We go to the U.S. Anywhere, anywhere I go, every time it's a random search, and I'm like, like, "Fuck off! This isn't random. This is absolutely not random." When I was coming back from Kelowna last summer, they made me my laptop was dead. They made me charge it and turn my laptop on. I was <laughs> they like, do that to me all the time, bro. I, like, I know. I'm right now. Like, I actually couldn't believe it. And I was, fuck, if I would have been show ready heading to a show, I would have been an absolute water basket. <laughs> I, think, I think you and I should have an off-air discussion about some theories as to why this could be. I, I think that, <laughs> not going to lie, I don't think the neck, the neck tattoo is going to really help. What I just not said. getting ran, I Not getting randomly searched. At this, at this point, why do you think I, I just don't care anymore? I didn't. I was getting grilled <laughs> when I didn't scared. have a neck tattoo. Let's go. I'll go head tattoos. Fuck. Mm. Uh, that's just, fucking great that's fucking it's great it's, awesome. it's actually funny i have another funny story back awesome. in my days back in my days when i used to uh go to raves and stuff i was at one of my buddy's stags there was 15 of us you know, at center of gravity in Kelowna, and uh we're going through security it's a three it's a three-day show or whatever and we show up there all three days I'm not joking you. All three days, I'm going through security with 15 guys at a stag. Every single guy got through. I was lean because I was coming off of, I was like pretty peeled and I had uh, like a crossbody bag on and stuff. So I looked maybe a little bit like kind of heat bag or whatever. Every one of my buddies gets through. Gang unit cops every day pull me to the side, asking me what my tattoos mean, this and this. The same cops three days in a row. I'm like, buddy, you think this changed from yesterday? <laughs> every single day just harassing me for 30 minutes while my buddies are just gone gone i gotta go find them in some massive area now i'm just getting grilled it's like come on like i'm not doing anything i'm just here to have some fun uh, i've never done a rave we'll see maybe if i go full-time coaching i've done many many in the past but i haven't been one in a long time but i actually am going to one here soon for a buddy's stag Really, where? In Edmonton, or it's just in Edmonton at like. Oh a, yeah, yeah. Like a, it's a cool. It's a cool fitness thing to do now. It seems like go to raves, go to raves and uh, eat and eat uh, and eat um, like fruit by the foots on peak week. Honestly, man, I'll tell you what, I won't be going. No, to let's do it. I'm 30 years old, and like I'm not trying to hang out with 18 year old kids that are just doing drugs and shit. Quite not frankly. 30 years old yet. 
True. True. I'm not there yet. I'm over 30 years old, and I'm for sure going to be going somewhere to do drugs with hopefully. (laughs) 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 And I hope my fiance comes with me and she does drugs with me. I am. I, if anybody is listening, if anybody's listening for my job, I am not affiliated with these people. Uh, (laughs) I have my own company that is purely different. I don't have tattoos. I'm good. Well, I got tattoos, so I can't get out of that one. I'm um, Did you not see my reel? No tattoos for me. <laughs> did you say right, you're well, Did you say uh, you're Maddie? Yeah. Did you not see my reel? Yeah, I, I commented on it. I confirmed. Yeah. I have to watch. I have to go. I have to watch that when I get done. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I can't believe someone's. I can't believe someone wrote that on your page, bro. <laughs> uh, All right. Well. Um, Tyler, thanks for coming on. Yeah, um, I appreciate it. The boys, awesome. it's been good. If you guys did enjoy this episode, uh, go subscribe to the YouTube. The YouTube's are the cool place. We'll have Tyler come on every now and then. He's in the last few weeks. I'm annoying him the last, these next few weeks because Brayden's going to get on my ass about inviting yeah, him. We'll get him on at one week out just for posing practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be like, this is flat. This is not full. <laughs> um. No, but uh, good luck with the rest of your prep. Um, if you guys did enjoy the episode, per usual, we're on the YouTubes now, so go subscribe to the YouTube. Uh, go leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple and Spotify. Go subscribe to the podcast on Apple and Spotify. Um, you probably will get much more enjoyment watching us on YouTube now, actually. Um, as you saw last week, we got young Braden on the, on the tracks on the on the youtube so if you haven't watched that episode i still highly recommend you go watch that episode because it's fucking hysterical um but we'll be back per always next week we'll probably end up doing a topic um because we haven't done one in a while and we kind of just been kind of discombobulated i don't know if these guys are going to be around um i know that these guys are going to be traveling um so if they're not we're going to get back to you guys when we can I'll, I'll get on. I'll get on the podcast next week. It just won't be a. It won't won't be one of those topic ones for me because I'm going to be, like I said, pretty pretty rammed. Then the fat boys are going to be back for another session next week. That's what we're saying. Um, so get used to us just talking random shit. We'll probably talk about the shows actually. Um, so if you want some good insight, we'll probably recap um the Toronto show, um that they're doing and anything that Brain kind of has going on because he has a good amount of clients competing soon. Um. And we'll kind of have some good updates there. So I think we can talk about that peaking process, which would be pretty cool. Um, so stay tuned to be good. Um, and then as keep listening to us, as much as we talk about how much we love food, we do love bodybuilding just as much. Um, so keep sending us your questions. Keep sending us any topics you guys want to hear. Um, and uh, yeah, share us on Instagram. If you guys, if you guys enjoyed us, uh, other than that, we'll catch you guys later on the Ace of podcast. Thanks, guys. You guys later. Try to eat 500 grams dry weight creamer ice. Send me a video. <laughs>